Welcome to Toe to Toe, a podcast for realtors where you'll witness a battle of opinions about topics affecting your real estate business. There are many ways for realtors to achieve success. The secret is to find which approach will work for you. Now, always in your corner, here are your hosts, Jen Mertland and Monica Weekly. Welcome to another episode of Toe to Toe Podcast. What's up, Jen Mertland? Monica. How you doing? Great. You? I'm good. You know, I realize I never um, fully introduced myself on these things. I'm Monica Weekly. Hello. <laughs> Everybody knows. You're my Jen Monica. Yeah, that's right. If you listen to episode 50, you'll know why I did that. everybody knows who you are monica i don't know about that but they're going to good or bad (laughs) all right jen in today's episode we are going to duke it out over this when is an offer actually considered received so you submit an offer when do you think it's actually considered received do you want to go first on this well sure okay So first of all, let me say the caveat of this. Obviously, every state is likely to have their own legal aspect of that, correct? I I have no idea. I assume, who knows? I would assume. We're just talking about philosophy, not like- Agreed, agreed. But I think we always have to say that because people are like, hey, in my state, that's not the same. Okay, got it. But in my mind, the word received means something. It doesn't mean, uh, it means- that the action has happened where I have seen it or it has actually been received and logged inside of my Gmail. So I think an offer is not received until it's acknowledged in some way, either digitally with an imprint of a time or visually by the client or by the agent. Sorry. Let me give you the definition. Please. First of all, received follows those weird rules. I before E except after C. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for that. Well, I spelled it wrong and it corrected me. Here we are. Received, be given, presented with, or paid something. But it's interesting to me that it's be given or presented with, thus bringing me to my point. Okay. Received. I hear your. I hear what you're saying, and I think that that must be a misunderstanding of what receive actually means. And here's how I thought about it before even looking it up: is that if my uh, cell phone bill or energy bill or whatever is if it's due, just because I had not opened it or like technically have it in my hand or acknowledged it, which I think you're saying means received, even though that I haven't done that, it's still due. I can't like get off not paying it because I'm like, well, I didn't receive it because received actually means to be given. But see, that's what the energy company is going to say about you. I didn't receive your payment. <laughs> I didn't mail it. That's oh, what right. <laughs> right. That means you better make sure they get it in their hands or it is not received. Same with me. Don't send me a contract that I haven't acknowledged or whatever. Like you got to call me and say, did you get it? Please acknowledge receipt. Yeah, I, I hear you. And I think that is a best practice, yeah. but I'm just saying like from the, and I think everybody should do that. So we actually agree on that. Yeah. Like if you're sending offers and not getting it somehow acknowledged like quickly, then I think you're leaving yourself open. Agreed. Because there's different definitions of it. Right. And yeah. this question actually, interesting enough, had come up because 
an agent had, and we tell, um, he actually tells this story in one of our bonuses on our toe to Facebook page, but he had like gotten, he had counted his clients at the sellers had countered an offer to a buyer's, a buyer and their agent. The buyer accepted it, but within the time that it was sent and accepted, another higher offer came in and he was in process of rescinding the offer. But while before he sent the rescind, it came back. So then it was this whole thing of like, but he never received it. He never like received it by your definition. He never opened it. It was a literally a 30 second thing. Mm -hmm. So then it's like, okay, is, then it starts you thinking, is there like a time where even if they don't reply, it's still considered in my head, they were still under contract because once like, once you send it back, Mm -hmm. even if you haven't opened it, it's there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's an interesting one because those sellers didn't put a timeline. They didn't say this is good till 10 p.m. tonight, right? They just I mean, maybe sure. even if they did, but it was within the timeline. But you can still, as a seller, you can, in most rescind. places, I guess, you can still rescind it. Mm-hmm. The thing is, is that you're talking about a 30-second window when before, before we, do you remember before there was e-sign? This is how long we've been realtors. <laughs> Lord, yes. I remember when e-sign first came out and I thought it was a scam. I know. I was like, I'm not doing that. Right. But like in the world of e-sign, right. Mm -hmm. And in the world of like being able to see the exact down to the second of when people open something up or when it was sent or whatever. Right. I say that even if they don't open it or otherwise acknowledge it, if it was given, it was received in a contract. But that just doesn't make any sense. If it was given, it was received. Those are two separate things. They don't like if, it's not an if then. I think in a, as it relates to contracts, I, I don't think they're separate. The definition literally is be given. Yeah, that, that was um, eye-opening to me to hear you say that. Me too. I'm yes. glad I looked it up because yeah. I was like, I don't know what it's going to say. <laughs> so let me give you this scenario. Seller's agent says all offers need to be in by 2 p.m. Sunday. Mm-hmm. Buyers, three offers come in, fourth buyer's agent sends it at nine or at 158 p.m. Mm-hmm. But it goes into the listing agent's spam. Spam. I guess a whole nother issue there. But should that offer be considered? When is it too late? Like it was sent, it was in. You're saying it was in the spam and so they saw it after the time. Uh-huh. And did they see it in, in this scenario? Did they see it after they had already accepted or negotiated an offer? Yeah, that maybe they're in the middle of negotiating, let's say. I mean, if they're in the middle, then I, I believe okay. the I mean, you can still, the sellers can do whatever they want anyway. Yeah. They'll look at offers at six if they're not done. This is true. So yeah, I think it, it only becomes a problem if somebody is agreeing to something or we believes they're in contract and then something changes one of the party's minds, right? Mm -hmm. That's where you run into a problem. But I think it is a, what's that? Go ahead. I do think I agree with you a hundred percent. It is a best practice. If, if you want to be clear and want to make sure that everybody's on the same page, because we all have different definitions of a lot of things, it's better to 
like when you email, call and text and be like, I sent you the email, blah, 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 accepting the offer, you know, whatever it is. Right. Just so it's like clear, clear, clear. Like we are done, especially if it creates a completed contract. Like we are done. Nothing else is in the way. Fully executed. Yep. Fully executed. Thank you. You know, though, the reason this is a challenge is because of the digital world we live in. Because if you were mailing me something, if you say I sent it, that does not mean I received it. Correct. Right. So they're two very separate actions or states of yeah, the de- I don't know if the definition changed, but I agree with you on that. Yeah, it's the digital world that makes this super confusing. Interesting. I don't know. It'd be interesting to know if there's a like a legal precedent. If it's not written in in the code somewhere, there's likely a precedent on it. I'm or sure. they well, and this in our bonus, his he was actually going to be the precedent. Ah. They never went though to court, so I don't know if there is or not. Interesting. And I don't know if that's state by state. This was Ohio. Okay. Pro- likely. I'm sure something happened in California or Florida. You know, everything crazy happens. Florida. In of, or Texas. Texas. Like if it's crazy, you're in one of those three states. And for our listeners in one of those three states, that, that just means we love you. We love you more. because It means we know agents that are in other great states. We so. do. We do. <laughs> All right. Good stuff. Shall we go back? Yeah, I need a break from that one. It, that kind of tax my taxes my mind. I know. <laughs> that was a welcome to the brain melting of Toe to Toe podcast. Let's just talk about I don't know naming your team. Easier. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna head back to our corner, take a short break, hear a word from our sponsor, and when we return, we will have the final punches. Do you have an entrepreneur mindset? Do you believe in the power of building wealth versus just selling houses? There's a new kind of business model for realtors, and you owe it to yourself to see why top agents and teams are aligning their future with the fastest growing real estate company in the world. EXP Realty, tomorrow's brokerage today. For more information or a private discussion, go to the Toe to Toe Podcast Facebook page and send a private message telling us you'd like to learn more about EXP Realty. Welcome back. Now, Jen, you already alluded to this, but it seems like we have a tiebreaker and we've got more information on this, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't necessarily know if it was like a tiebreaker between us, but it was certainly like the interesting case study. So check it out. Yeah, sounds good. And where can they see that? We're going to attach it to this podcast. Uh, that one, I think, is going to be on our, uh, I think, I can't remember. On it's either going to be attached page. or head over to our toe-to-toe Facebook page. And plus, you'll want all the bonuses anyway. We did, we did a great one with uh, Meg and Stacy on being a mom. A mom, yes. Business, and she is a rock star, man. Yes, she is. That was With awesome. Toddlers. That was, I know. She is a no excuse badass. Like, I love it. She's yeah. All right. I think, um, why don't you just give me like a quick recap of uh, your stance here again on this subject matter? Well, I think if you're, if you're dealing with an executed contract, then received is the same time as given. Gotcha. So received would be whenever signed to the second, whenever it was signed, it became fully executed. To execute it, yeah. So just because you didn't have a copy of it does not mean it wasn't received. It was executed without you seeing that at that moment. And sent, executed and somehow- And then- Somehow delivered in some way. Yeah. 
not just like sitting on the counter. Got it. I like that delineation, the executed versus delivered. I mean, that's really, those are better words than received just because kind of the confusion around that word. Actually, you're right. So wait a minute. How did we get the received? That's in the contract, isn't it? I think so. You know what time it is? Blow it up. Blow everything up. (laughs) Start over. Yeah, because an executed contract and then delivered, two separate issues. And we don't need a whole nother page to talk about this in the contract. No, no. shorter contract, which is why we need to blow it up. And we don't need an addendum to say something the contract already says. Jen for Ohio, Ohio. No. Realtor Association. No. President (laughs) of Realtors of the World. Uh, Of the World. Sorry, forgot, forgot. (laughs) All right. Um, You know, I don't, my, I think that thought is actually my point. Um, I'm going to just make sure that that's my point right there is that received is just a weird word. Yeah. Contracts, you know? I agree. I think you nailed it. You got it. Look at you. Your brain didn't melt. You're on point. Solve the world's problems right here on Toe to Toe Podcast. Come on. (laughs) Exactly. I think that's going to have to be the end. You? I do. Let's let's shut it down for everybody's sake. Exactly. All right. Do you think there was a knockout today? Uh, Do you agree? Have you had experience with this? We love, love, love to hear from you. Head over to our Facebook page. That's Toe to Toe Podcast. What else should they do, Jen? You should also like and subscribe to our podcast so that we can get in touch with more real estate agents and help the world and help push my candidacy for president of realtors of the world. One podcast at a time. We are changing this entire industry. I love it. Exactly. I'll see you next time for episode 52. Bye, Monica. Bye. All right. Hey, everybody. I'm here with Kevin Vaught. Hey, Kevin. Hi. How are you today? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. So Kevin is an investor and real estate agent with Key Realty. He does business in Cincinnati, Ohio. But we were talking about when is an offer received? And this has been like a pretty hot topic. But you had, was it your first deal? It was my first deal as a licensed real estate agent. Yes. All right. What happened? When is an offer received? I guess. Tell us the story. Yeah, so it uh, it was a very interesting first deal. I've been involved in several real estate transactions leading up to this point as an investor. Mm-hmm. The area that I work in in Cincinnati is extremely competitive. Uh, in fact, I got licensed to become an agent to be able to have faster access to properties and to deals and to be able to just have the education to go along with the investments. Right. And uh, I've picked up a few clients through my network. This particular client was selling a two-family property. The, it was in the Oakley area of Cincinnati, which is you know pretty common to see offers within the first six hours. Of yeah, being- I was going to say like or six minutes. Yeah, or six minutes, right? right. And this was this was definitely one of those properties. It was owner occupied. It had been um, you know well maintained and. Nice. Uh, was more than likely going to have another owner occupant in it. Uh, this particular person was downsizing and looking to move on and out of the craziness of a hustling and bustling area. So uh, we put the, um, and I'm, I'm looking at my notes from the transaction because it's, uh, you know, been, I guess, a year and a half or so ago. But the, uh, so the, the offer, we, we put it on at uh, 5 p.m. 
uh, and we had on Thursday, we had multiple offers on the properties. So we had uh, responses and, and communications throughout the following day. We, uh, I, uh, it was a highest and best bid scenario. Okay. I submitted uh, on Friday at uh, 8.45 p.m. And this is where it gets, it's very tricky to follow. But the comparison that I would give you is, uh, can you imagine having a counter offer when you and I started speaking? Like you replied at the beginning of this podcast to someone and said, hey, this is my counter offer within two minutes that you and I have been discussing. Mm-hmm you receive a second offer. Right. Uh, that's the way that this took place. It was, uh, uh, I had replied to uh, one, you know, there are many offers. I've replied to one of the offers and uh, within two minutes, and this was after the, the time had expired for the multiple offers, we received a second offer. Uh, in fact, it was, it was 42 seconds later uh, so your reply to that was you were counter offering their offer. So just to kind of like set the stage, it's like yes. you were the listing agent. So if they accepted that counter, you were once signatures were done, like you were in contract, but they could have also countered. So you're saying Correct. like, here's the seller's offer buyer agent. And then another offer came in. Offer Correct. two. Okay. Got it. So at so that was at uh, at eight at eight forty five. The I'm, I'm sorry. At eight forty five is when that that offer would take place. At eight forty seven is when the new offer the the new offer was submitted from another. Okay, offer two. Yeah. And at eight forty seven and forty seven seconds, the. Counter offer was accepted. So oh, within 47 seconds, uh, the counter offer was accepted. And now, of course, offer two is like way better. Correct. Yeah, it was a it was a it was a ten thousand dollar offer above asking price um, on the on the second offer. So, wow. Uh, and and I think the 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 issue that we had was in the in the questions that I had raised through um, you know my brokerage and through legal counsel was was just trying to really understand it was a ten thousand dollar difference for my buyer. So significant. It wasn't like two dollars. You know, right. it was a significant amount. Exactly. When when is an offer received? I think if this were. 10 years ago or 20 years ago, this would have been something that would have been sitting on the fax machine and had been picked up at the same time or, you know, maybe delivered through snail mail. But the fact that it happened electronically and it was digitally timestamped, right. um, you know, it was, uh, it was very, very interesting. And in, uh, in, in the end of our uh, different uh, counseling and things, actually for my buyer, I think we chose the best path my buyer, we, we still looked the listing. I'm, I'm sorry, the, my seller and uh-huh. the listing, we looked at both buyers and we you know, looked at the offers and, and where they were from. And, and I do think we accepted the best offer as we had closed, because even though it was $10,000 higher, it's like anything else, you know, yours, there's other components to a deal that make the better offer. Sure. 
So you're, the seller ended up accepting the one that he originally had countered that they offer one, basically we can call it. But what did, what did the council, and I'm sure this varies like by situation and by state, but like, what did they say about the acceptance piece of it? Or what was their thought process? Yeah, so it was it was interesting, you know, I won't name names here because we don't have, you know, it was there was no retainer, but uh, it, it got into a contract law and um, there basically has not been a case that has set the precedence to reference. You would have made history, Kevin? Yeah, exactly, right. Wow. My very first real estate t- transaction. <laughs> real estate's like that. It would, it would happen to me, I think. But... There was there were several cases related to like filing a document at the courthouse, which would reference like a reasonable amount of time to respond. So okay. course of action in this would have been, you know, my counter offer was out in the world. And when the new offer came in two minutes later, uh, but you know, I did not have enough time to open that, review that offer, re- receive it, review it with my client and make a response to the, the counter offer to rescind that offer. Uh, and there was a, I think the case, I don't know what the case was, but there was a, uh, excuse me, there was a number of uh, minutes that was associated with 14 minutes. And that was like the amount of time. So the thought process was that when that offer came in, there's options. You can accept it. You can reject it. You can counter it. You can, I mean, all this stuff, but if in order to like accept it or do anything, you would have had to rescind the other offer. But the council was saying, you know, you basically, one thought is that you have about a 14 minute because you didn't, you hadn't received the second offer. You hadn't received the acceptance. So in your head, it was like in the seller's head, it was like still out there. Right. And so would they have, did they say, or did you ask like, okay, well, if we would have say 10 minutes later rescinded it and had seen their acceptance, is the rescission still allowed? I don't know. Uh, we, we didn't, I mean, we didn't go down that path. I would think that, uh, do based on the conversations we had due to the digital timestamp for me, it seemed like all things were pointing towards, you know, a like reviewing case, reviewing case materials is all about reviewing the facts and these facts because of dot loop and email, these things were time stamped, but. Right. It, and it read receipts it. too. I think you can like, even if you don't have read receipts, the computer I think still says when you read it, right? Like on your. Yeah, you can on our, you know, the electronic systems that we use, I'm using dot loop as an example, but there's, yeah. there's several they in the background have all of the digital uh, notifications that have happened on documents. So let me ask you just like in your opinion, do you feel like what, when do you feel like you actually received the response to the counter offer? You know, for me personally, mm-hmm. I think becoming an increasing um, issue in the in the world of real estate because you we have all of these tools and technologies and things that make it incredible to do our jobs real time become mobile especially in this environment where you know you don't have a brick and mortar building to go into it's nice to be able to do things on your phone right but that doesn't take into account the human element which is like mostly what we're doing is we're, we're negotiating. We have a 
a very busy schedule. There are many clients that we have to, um, you know, respond to or have conversations with or just communicate. It's the human element of it. And for me, um, it seems like there should be a reason, like some window of response within our community that says, we need 15 minutes to respond to an offer. Just, I know, but like sometimes you don't and sometimes you need two hours. Like, Well, yeah, that, that's true too. Uh, or, you know, so like uh, we need a timeout. We need a pause button <laughs> for the time that we have. Uh, and in these, I think many agents, especially with the inventory, um, you know, being in the war and so low and in different right. it being so competitive, uh, still with different buyers and multiple offers are very common and a reasonable amount of time on a multiple offer. You're reviewing a lot of information with your clients. I mean, it's not just the, the offer price. There's a lot of components to real estate contracts that it takes longer than 42 seconds to review. Right. So, well, um, in yours, in your specific case too, it was like you had sent he had your client, the seller had already signed the counter. And so in that 42 seconds or that two minutes and 42 seconds, the buyer accepted it by signing it. So it wasn't like there was like more signatures that needed to be made. Right. And I think that makes a big difference too. Yeah, that's true. Uh, it seems like, and that's a good point uh, on the, on the, on the, the, the area is so competitive and I think there's an advantage on as a buyer with real estate contracts that with our response, there's no way, I don't think with, you know, the changes that we made that someone could have went through and thoroughly reviewed our counter offer or with their buyers to say, you know, this is everything that we are confident that's in this contract. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm sure that there was some level of, this is an extremely competitive property and a design. Right. We need to make sure that just we get what they a response want. and accept yeah. this and just get in there. And if something comes up down the road, then, you know, we'll have leverage as a buyer to make changes or whatever. But I'll tell you, I discussed with my sellers that if there are any changes that come out of an inspection uh, or anything that crops up out of this, we had a, we were confident that we had a nice backup offer. So that, that helped the deal move forward in a positive way. And I think that's, you know, at the end of the day, it's, uh, it's like any other contract where you're, my sellers feel like they, they got what they wanted out of their property and, and sure. the, the transaction and the buyers did too. So it, it ended up helping us to have that leverage. Um, oh, for sure. It, it, it was, it was in limbo. I mean, I had to let the counter offer that, uh, you know, the buyers that accepted the counter offer, I had to let them know that we had another, full above ask offer on the table and uh we needed a few days to sort this out and it was friday night so we couldn't get response of course it was friday night week. kevin what yeah, day did you put this listing friday, up so, thursday yeah exactly so yeah it was uh it was very interesting i mean i, I think that you know it, in my gut uh, had i had a little more experience under my belt um i may have wanted to fight it a little bit and say like hey let's see where this goes and become a you know, a name and a case study at uh, real estate school, but <laughs> be shunned by all <laughs> the realtors. Real estate yeah. transaction. <laughs> it was, uh, it was, a, it was a big one. Well, let me ask you this too, because I mean, this really did spark like a lot of discussion. You know, so when you're submitting 
an offer for your client as the buyer, do you, or in this case, did they communicate with you that it was there at all? Before the offer was submitted? Well, like before they, because like part of the dot loop is, or like an e-sign signature is like you, you typically would have some type of conversation with the client and then you send it for signatures. So yeah. was there any communication in between the, like at all, or was it just like it arrived signed? It arrived signed. Uh, with my clients, we discussed what our counter would look like because of the multiple offer situation. Right. You know, we, we took what we thought full package was the best offer and responded to that. To that one. And then when they, when they accepted, they just accepted with signatures. And well, and also, like you said, that secondary offer had come in after the original deadline, which is yeah. also, so what did you, like, when you think back on that, like super stressful experience, what are some of your, like, do you have a couple of key takeaways or things that you learned that you think um, other people could benefit from when given a similar situation? Uh, yes. Don't. Put your deadlines at 8.30 on a Friday night. Good job. <laughs> no, any, any deadlines on Friday night are not great. Not you, a good idea. And really, your buyers and sellers have lives too. So everyone involved in that transaction were thinking, you know, why are we doing this? What, right. Saturday afternoon or whenever would have whatever. been. Whatever. I mean, um, you know, these these houses have been here for a hundred years, this one real estate deal doesn't have need to happen in 24 hours. Uh, so yeah. we could have been smarter about that deadline. But uh, the one, the one thing that I did that I'm very uh, glad that I did looking back on it was verbally communicate uh, with my, with the buyer's agent, mm -hmm. um, with, you know, my clients to, there are some things that as easy as it is to send information in dot loop uh, and to send text messages. And it's just quickly when you're managing multiple clients, it's nice to have the um, connection with, you know, a, a conversation to just, there's, there's pacing and there's things that are said to help try and explain a deal or explain right. negotiation that, you know, gets lost when you see numbers on a paper. And even though we do this every day and we see, you know, multiple contracts per week, for our buyers and sellers, it's they may do this four or five times in their life. So right. being able to communicate that on a personal level really helped out and and helped you know uh, help my sellers understand what the the total package deal was. That it wasn't just an email and dot loop electronic system that they've seen one time. And you know that's what I would recommend to anyone is just keep the lines of communication open. For me, verbally helped. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, don't set deadlines that are going to disrupt everybody's life. Right. Exactly. That's awesome. Well, I appreciate you coming on, sharing this story. It's always Thanks. like when we're so in the trenches and we're thinking like, this is the craziest deal I've ever done. There's always like something more crazy out there. Yeah, for me, it was, it was, I mean, I, I feel like on the investment deals that I've been a part of over the past five or six years, they've been pretty straightforward with. Yeah what I'm buying for myself or, right. you know, or an investment property. Um, but when you're working with another client and, you know, there may be some emotional connection to the house. It's a right? lot different. Overall understanding of the market fluctuations, they, they don't understand. So it's, um, you know, it's a lot different. I mean, every deal is different. 
you know, managing somebody else's property. So yeah, that's true. Yeah, cool. that's been that's been an, an interesting part to uh, the the realtor world. Oh yeah, it's it's different from investing. That's for sure. Well, again, I appreciate you being on. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's great. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Toe to Toe Podcast. Make sure to hit the subscribe button so you get updates when new episodes are available. And we truly love feedback and would appreciate all likes, reviews, and suggestions for future topics.